Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm a yoga teacher, a coach, and most importantly, an astrologer. And that's why I come to you every week here in your podcast feed to let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on earth. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica, and this is the week we've all been waiting for. Jupiter and Saturn are going to meet up in Aquarius at zero degrees. This is what we call the Great Conjunction. It happens every 20 years, and this is the first time that these planets are meeting up in Aquarius since 1405. That is a long time ago. So right now, you might be experiencing a lot of endings. You might even be feeling a little bit sad because we have Saturn and Jupiter at the last degrees of Capricorn. And Capricorn tends to be a more serious sign. It even can tend toward feeling a little bit cynical, a little bit down and depressed at times. It is ruled by Saturn and Saturn is the restrictor, the restrainer, the boundary maker of the zodiac. So with Saturn at the very last degree of Capricorn, you might be feeling a little bit down, a little bit depressed, and that's okay. It is a great opportunity this week to look back at where you've been since the beginning of 2018 when Saturn first entered Capricorn. So Saturn takes 29 years to go around the zodiac, So for many of us, this is the first time you might be experiencing Saturn in Capricorn. For some of us, this is the second time. For some of us, it's the third time. But we all have learned a lot since 2018 began and Saturn entered Capricorn. So this has been quite the journey. Saturn has been in his home sign of Capricorn since January 2018, except for a few months this year. So March 21st to July 1st, Saturn snuck into Aquarius and you may not have even noticed it. And then he went retrograde and snuck back into Capricorn where he's been since September, I believe. Anyhow, Most of this year, Saturn and Pluto have been close together with Jupiter in the sign of Capricorn, and that has been what many astrologers are calling the COVID cluster or the COVID clump, or somebody said the transformation trios. These three planets hanging out together, this is some once-in-a-lifetime astrology, having these three planets so close together for so long in the sign of Capricorn pretty much the whole year, except for that jaunt that Saturn made into Aquarius when he did his little, he dipped his toe in and then he decided to go back to Capricorn and now he's coming back for his long stay. So by and large, this year has been identified or the signature of this year has been Capricorn. All of these planets hanging out in Capricorn, really putting us through some hard lessons because Capricorn is about hard work. So we knew when we saw as astrologers, when we knew that when we saw Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto all together all year in Capricorn, there was going to be some foundational shifts 
it was almost like the tectonic plates of the planet would be shaking. So we've gotten through it. They're starting to separate. They're starting to move away from one another. Pluto's going to stay in Capricorn for a while, but Saturn and Jupiter, they're well on their way to Aquarius. And so this is your last few days of feeling this energy. The hard work is done. You can take an exhale. But it's hard to shift. It's hard to shift out of this really grounded, almost depressing feeling of Capricorn into this light, zippy feeling of Aquarius. Aquarius is the water bearer, but it is an air sign. It is fixed air. It is the kind of air that is stubborn and really believes so wholeheartedly in whatever it believes is right. It can be one of the most stubborn signs along with Taurus and Leo um, and Scorpio. All the fixed signs are pretty, pretty stubborn. So with all this Aquarian energy, we're going to have a desire to take off, to fly, to innovate, to create, to make things feel new because Aquarius rules the future. It is a really paradoxical, interesting sign because on one side, Aquarius has a deep desire to be the individual beating to its own drum. And on the other side, Aquarius has a deep desire to be welcomed and feel like it belongs as part of the community. In fact, Aquarius does rule communities and groups. So it will be an interesting time to see how we feel about being parts of communities or if we're feeling more inclined to go it alone. I think, I believe that by and large, our society, our global community is going to come together to work together. We already see this happening with the vaccine. We already see this happening with the science, the, the medical community, the science communities, the pharmaceutical communities coming together to put this vaccine out. I know there's a lot of conversations about behind the scenes of who's getting what money, but by and large, the vaccine is going to be free. So this was a race for humanity, not for profit, at least not in the short term. And that is a very Aquarian ideal. Capricorn's ideal is much more about making a profit, building something that is long lasting, being the one that gets to the top of the mountain, doing the hard work to ascend the mountain. Sometimes being alone at the top of the mountain is really lonely. Even if you worked really hard to get there, even if it's what you really want. So every sign in the Zodiac masterfully fills the void of the previous sign. So if you did a lot of work under this Saturn and Capricorn time and you've achieved a lot, you might be feeling a little bit lonely and this Aquarian period of Saturn and Jupiter and Aquarius will help you find your community, will find your people to share your success with. So this will be a really interesting experience over the next few years for us with Saturn and Aquarius. I personally looked at my chart today and went through the time that Saturn has 
been in Capricorn and just mentally noted all of the changes that had occurred for me personally and in my career in that time. So if you want to do that, you can just go through your calendar and just look at all the things that have shifted for you since January 2018. So Jupiter and Saturn, they're strange friends because Jupiter is, he's expansive. He likes to grow things and make them bigger. He's indulgent. I like to call him the Santa Claus of the Zodiac. If Jupiter is the risk-taking entrepreneur, then Saturn is the risk-managing accountant, okay? So when you have this expansive energy of Jupiter and the restrained energy of Saturn, it's kind of a strange pairing, but it actually is a pairing that brings a lot of progress. So with that in mind, I think what we're going to see over the next few months is a lot of forward movement on two parallel tracks. On one track, I think that the COVID numbers are going to rise quickly. We're moving into air. So the last time Saturn was in Aquarius for just remember, I told you, he dipped his toe in from March 21st to July 1st. That was when the term social distancing became part of our everyday lexicon. Aquarius is the sign of groups and communities, socializing, friends, and Saturn, distancing, discipline, creating a boundary. So I do think that over the next few months, we're going to see a rise in cases But we also see that the vaccine is coming out. So we can have two things happen that are not mutually exclusive. We can have a lot of people getting vaccinated and becoming immune while we have a lot of people who are contracting the virus and spreading it. So with this movement into an air sign, with so much shifting from earth to air, things are going to take off and they're going to spread. And not only the virus, ideas will spread, new ideas, innovative ideas. You might see conspiracy theories spread. You might see ideas for improvement of labor conditions spread because Aquarius is the sign of the revolution. It's the sign of the people rising up. So we're going to see a lot of ideas and sentiments and thoughts and movements spread during this time for good and for bad. So astrology is neutral. The meaning it has is the meaning we put on it, right? So it's really the study of these cycles and patterns. And when we have a lot of Aquarian energy, there is a lot of revolution that tends to happen. It tends to be a time when the people rise up. Another thing about this great conjunction that historically is very interesting is that It's often considered the rise and fall of the king, this transit. So sometimes that might mean the person who comes into power rises and quickly falls. Actually, 
there have been many people of power who've come into power under this conjunction and died in their office. One of them is JFK. He was inaugurated with this conjunction in the chart and, of course, we know was assassinated. Another person was Ronald Reagan. He was inaugurated with this in the chart. There was an assassination attempt, but, of course, he survived it. I looked at this a little bit before I got on to record the podcast today. I'm going to look at this a little bit more. This conjunction will be present. Of course not. It wasn't exact in either of those charts. I believe it was separating. It will be present in the inaugural chart of Joe Biden, and it will be interesting to see how that plays out for him. It doesn't always play out that way for every president, but it is an interesting pattern. It also could indicate the fall of someone who thinks they are a king. And we know there is a person who is currently occupying the White House that thinks he has the power of a king because he doesn't quite understand democracy. So that could also be how this transit plays out for us this year into next year. Another way that this transit can be seen is simply the death of an old avatar and the birth of a new avatar. And an avatar is a person who is enlightened, who comes down to earth to live amongst us and show us the way. It's also our meaning that we put onto a person. And Joe Biden has said that he wants to be this transitionary president who takes us into the new age and hands the torch over to the new generation of Democrats. So it will be interesting to see how it all plays out, but keep your eyes open. I do think that as far as the age of Aquarius, there's a lot of different ideas on what the age of the of Aquarius means and when it begins and all of that. By and large, in my research, I don't believe that we're in the age of Aquarius. We're still in the Piscean age, according to many experts. Some people feel differently. I think regardless of what age we're in, regardless of what experts say the age that we're in, ages are hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of years. This feels like the dawning of a new era. And regardless of whatever age it is or isn't, we should all take this opportunity to release the old stale habits and beliefs that are holding us back or weighing us down and prepare ourselves to step forward and cross that threshold into this new energy of air. These eclipses that we've just gone through, we had our solar eclipse on Monday this week on the 14th. It was the day the electors voted actually for Joe Biden. This is a series of eclipses that we're still going to be working with for another year that have to do with our truth, communicating our truth, understanding our innate wisdom, and expressing ourselves with more conviction and not doubting the truth that we know. There's a lot of misinformation that's being spread. We've seen it more this year than any year prior, and it's been growing since 2016. So it will be interesting to see 
how misinformation is treated under this Saturn, Jupiter, Aquarius era that we're moving into because Aquarius is the appreciation of a free flow of information. The age of Aquarius, they say, would be when information is free for everyone. So in a lot of ways, whether or not this is technically the age of Aquarius, it feels like the age of Aquarius because of the internet, right? So we can all start a website or build a business online in a matter of minutes because the internet has been the great equalizer. Of course, it's also created more oppression for a lot of people in the world. There are lots of people working for very little money because of we're all doing online shopping. Fast fashion has probably, while it's been a great thing for many people and it's put a lot of money in some people's pockets, it's been something that's probably very dehumanizing for a lot of other people in other parts of the world that we're not seeing because we're here in our first world country and we're shopping on Instagram because we're sitting at home all day because it's a pandemic. So there's these two sides of the internet, the great equalizer, but also it is exacerbating the poverty that a lot of people are living in. We'll see what happens in this year that's going to have a very deep Aquarian signature to it. I think one possibility is that there is going to be a rise up of the labor class, a rise up of the people demanding more, but we'll see. On the other hand, Jupiter is something that expands our minds. It is the philosopher. It is the guru, the teacher, and Saturn gives our ideas structure. So if this is a time where you've wanted to build a business or write that book or do something creative, this is a wonderful time to get down to work with your creative ideas because Jupiter will give you that expansion and Saturn will give you that structure. And that is why these two strange bad fellows getting together creates a lot of progress it generates a lot of forward momentum for progress. And so this will be a time where that will be amplified and accelerated because they are in Aquarius and they haven't been in Aquarius together since 1405. And I looked up 1405 to see what was notable at that time. And it was the fall of the Mongol empire, which was the largest land empire in history. So that empire ruled the land of most of Asia, Russia, and the Middle East. So it was a huge empire and it fell after their leader died. So that kind of makes sense, this conjunction being the rise and fall of the king. Jupiter and Saturn, they meet up every 20 years and they've been meeting up in earth signs since 1802. There's only one time, one year where they met up three times in an air sign, which was 1981. Other than that, for over 200 years, they've been meeting up in earth signs. So this will be a shift of energy from 200 years of material wealth moving toward a new era. And so that's why I'm talking about this idea of a new era, not because of the age of Aquarius or whatever, 
But we're moving from 200 years of these two planets coming together and generating progress in Earth signs, creating more material wealth and more commodification. Moving into air signs for 200 years, they're going to be meeting up for 200 years in air signs, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. And that's going to put intellectual pursuit and etherealism and mental acuity and compassion and relationship and communication above this idea of material wealth. And that's the new era that we're moving into. And that's what I think is really super exciting. So I've talked a ton about Jupiter and Saturn, and there's still lots of other stuff going on this week. So I want to get into that. One question I have been getting is, why is this the Christmas star or the star of Bethlehem? That's what some of the people on the internets are saying. These two planets in this conjunction are going to be so close to Earth this time that you're going to be able to see them. And they're going to be so close together that they are expected to appear as one shining light. So those two planets coming together are so close that they actually appear to just be one super bright star in the sky. And that is why people are calling it the Christmas star or the star of Bethlehem. So this week, if you have clear skies, try to see if you can see it. You should be able to see them just after sunset in the southwest, I believe. So if you are somewhere where you don't have too much light pollution or the sky is super clear, hopefully you'll be able to see the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, the great conjunction. So what else is happening this week? There's so much. So let's just take a moment to dive into the other movements happening. On Tuesday, we have Venus moving into Sagittarius. So Venus has been in Scorpio and she has been, you know, feeling a little sexy, but also feeling a little moody in Scorpio. So now she moves into Sagittarius and she's going to be wanting to have a good time. This might make you want to go out and socialize, but we know we're still living in the pandemic. The numbers are higher than ever. Yes, the vaccine is here. It's coming. It's going to get to you sooner than later, but we have a real danger in that people will have a false sense of safety because they know the vaccine's coming. So they might take more risks. And with Venus and Sagittarius, we're all going to want to socialize. So you're going to have to lean into that Saturnian discipline and really put some boundaries in place on how you socialize. On Thursday, Saturn moves into Aquarius. And then on Saturday, Jupiter moves into Aquarius. On Sunday, Mercury moves into Capricorn. And Mercury's been in Sagittarius, which means that we've all had foot and mouth syndrome. So maybe you were a little too blunt with the truth that you were speaking this eclipse season. But someone had to say it. Eclipses are about revealing what's in the shadow. So maybe you were the uh, messenger. But Mercury will move into Capricorn on Sunday and Mercury will be a little more practical, probably a little more tight-lipped and pretty grounded. And then on Monday, it's the winter solstice. The winter solstice is the day 
when the sun moves into Capricorn. So the sun moves into Capricorn on Monday and the same day we have the great conjunction with Jupiter and Saturn. So winter solstice this year is a big day. At 5.03 a.m. Eastern time, the sun moves into Capricorn. And then the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn is at 1.21 p.m. The moon is actually void all day that day. So from 5.24 a.m. until the moon moves into Aries at 5.32 p.m. Eastern. So we're going to have a void moon in Pisces all day on the winter solstice. If you are not taking off next week for Christmas, I recommend keeping your schedule a little light on Monday the 21st because it's going to be intense and there's going to be a lot of energy. The good news is that the sun in Capricorn and Mercury in Capricorn will ground us while we're experiencing that great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, which for all intents and purposes is probably going to be a little wild. I mean, Aquarius rules our central nervous system, and we haven't experienced these two planets coming together in the sign of Aquarius since 1405. So I imagine that it's we're going to feel a little jumpy. We're going to feel a little excited and maybe in a really good way. But feeling the groundedness of the sun in Capricorn is probably going to be healthy for all of us. So that's your week. That's what's happening. It's a lot. So let's jump into the moons. We started with the solar eclipse this week, the new moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius on Monday, the 14th. The moon went void at 11.17 a.m. and was void all day until it moved into Capricorn that evening at 10.35 p.m. So we have the moon in Capricorn on Tuesday and Wednesday, and on Thursday, the moon moves into Aquarius. That is the day that Saturn also moves into Aquarius. So we're going to have a lot of Aquarian vibes Thursday and Friday. So you'll get a little taste of what that great conjunction might feel like. Then on Saturday, the moon moves into Pisces at 7.39 a.m. Whenever the moon is in Pisces, it's a great time to tap into your intuition, get into your meditation practice, do some yoga, pull back a little bit because Pisces is the dreamer. It likes to mentally escape. Jupiter is going to go into Aquarius on Saturday and the sun is going to conjunct Mercury on Saturday. Mercury and the sun coming together in the last degree of Sagittarius is a very stubborn transit. You are going to be very certain that you are right on Saturday. So do not enter a confrontation or an argument because everyone's going to think they're right. On Sunday, the moon is still in Pisces. And then on Monday, we have that all day void moon in Pisces until the moon moves into Aries at 5.32 p.m. But in the midst of that void moon, there's so much going on between the Great Conjunction, the Winter Solstice, and all of that good stuff. So that's your week. Next week will be Christmas. And we'll talk then. One thing to look forward to is Mars square Pluto. It's our last Mars square Pluto of the year. We've had three. This has been a huge year for astrology. 
there have been so many huge transits from the Saturn Pluto conjunction at the beginning of the year, bookending the year with that and this great conjunction at the end. In between, we had three Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions, and now we have the third of three Mars square Plutos. So it's been a lot, but it's coming to an end. The good news is that I'm already doing my forecasting for 2021. I'm preparing for a few year ahead workshops and there's a lot less of intense astrology next year. We have a few notable things, but nothing like this year. This year was certainly one for the history books in a lot of ways. Just keep in mind that with all of the excitement of the Great Conjunction, we do have our third Mars square Pluto coming on Wednesday the 23rd. What that means is that everyone's going to be feeling a little feisty. Everyone's going to be feeling a little bit angry. If you have some arguments that have been going for a few months, you might wrap them up or you might come back to them on the 23rd. If you are with family, hopefully safely, with family, getting tested and all of that good stuff, keeping everyone safe. You definitely don't want to pick any fights on the 23rd or on Christmas Eve. Just try to lay low if you can. That's a little warning in advance, but of course we'll talk about it more next week. I hope you have a wonderful week and a wonderful great conjunction and a happy winter solstice. And I've mentioned it last week, but if you haven't done your uh, eclipse release ritual, write down all the things that you want to release from 2020 and either tear it up and throw it out or safely burn it near some water and let it go because this is the best time. We're still in the eclipse energy for the next two weeks up until the full moon in cancer on the 29th. So you really want to do it between now and then, but the earlier, the better. And I kind of feel like this year, the winter solstice and the great conjunction is the real New Year's. It's the real January 1st. So if you can do it before the 21st of December, it would be a nice time to do it. And then we can do some intention setting with that great conjunction on the 21st and the winter solstice. Okay. Have a wonderful week. Take good care of yourself. Take good care of one another. Do what you can to stop the spread, mask up, social distancing, get tested, you know, all the things. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Finally, come find me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti. I'll talk to you next week.